Good morning. The time's come to begin our worship service. If you would, please take out a songbook and turn to number 116. 116. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end. Our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend. Good morning. We want to take this opportunity to welcome everyone, welcome everyone to Stroudsville. Uh, you want to let you know that you're our honored guest, and uh, we invite you to worship with us as often as you can. Uh, if you can't make it in person, uh, uh, join us by live stream. Uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, if you will, there's a attendance card in the back of the pew. Uh, please fill that out and put it in a collection plate. Even if you don't want to, please put it in there anyway. <laughs> so many times I catch people in the back, they don't do it, so I have to make sure you're going to do that. Uh, just a reminder of our, the times of our services. Our Bible study on Sunday morning is 9.30 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning worship service starts at 10.30 a.m. Uh, uh, Sunday night, Sunday evening worship begins at 5 p.m. And Wednesday evening worship starts at 7 p.m. Uh, we want, uh, the ladies are invited to a diaper and wipe shower for Becca Lacombe and Madison Wallace today at 2 p.m. in the fellowship hall. Becca is expecting a boy and Madison is expecting a girl. They are both registered at Amazon. The ladies sewing group will meet Thursday at 12.30. The youth devo will be at the home of Clint and Becky Rose on Friday, October the 28th. The bonfire and outdoor games start at 4.30 p.m. Hamburger and hot dogs at 6 p.m. Bring sides, desserts, and chairs. Songs and Devo to follow. Uh, the young men will be conducting services the first Sunday in November. There's been a change there. I think Tom's going to meet with them this Sunday or this evening after services or this morning after services. Uh, and we have our trunk or treat coming up next Sunday. Uh, we've got a sign up sheet in the back on the board for all the food and things that we need to bring so please check that out and sign up if you have any questions please ask uh, my wife Tiffany Moore uh, and she'll be uh, more than willing to answer anything for you I'm just the I'm just the guy that goes along with the plan Uh, also we're going to do things a little different next Sunday night just a heads up so you don't 
you know, think we're crazy. We're going to have more of a uh, youth atmosphere next Sunday night uh, as a part of that trunk or treat. Uh, the ladies are also invited to a shower, to, the, to a baby shower for Matt and Alexis Hensley on Sunday, November the 6th at 2 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. They're expecting a boy and registered at Amazon and Target. The annual bonfire will be Saturday, November 5th at the home of Chris and Carrie Lanier. 5 p.m. bring games to play together in the yard. Uh, 6 p.m. will be the meal. Items to bring soups, salads, and desserts with a hayride at dark. Meat, buns, condiments, utensils, drinks, s'mores will be provided. Uh, It's that time again when we begin to thinking about giving to others. If anyone knows of a family in need this Christmas, if you would help to help coordinate this, the effort, please give the names to Joanne Shepherd by November 13th. And I've got a card here from uh, Christy Webb, uh, Dean's daughter. He, she says, Dear Strouds of Family, I want to express sincere thanks to all who have sent Dad cards, called and mailed him the bulletin each week. It's also always nice to know He's, you're loved and missed. He misses everyone there also. Good morning. Today I'll be reading from Psalms 1, the whole chapter from the New King James Version. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water that brings forth its fruit in its seasons, <clears throat> whose leaves are also shall not wither, and whether and whatever he does he shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind drives away, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the Congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Next song will be number 646. 646. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Oh, the bliss 
of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Heavenly Father, what a beautiful day that you've given us. We just thank you so much for uh, the blessing of waking up to another day, but especially this day of worship uh, that we have to gather together and to study your word and sing songs of praises to you. And most of all, remember your son, pain and suffering he went through and the sacrifice that he made for us. Heavenly Father, we hope that as we worship here today that you find our worship acceptable, that you help us to set aside Uh, cares of the world, our issues, and to focus on you and to focus on the sacrifice that was made for us. Heavenly Father, we uh, ask that you be with those of our congregation who aren't able to be here, worship with us this morning, especially those uh, who are sick, and we just ask that you be with their caregivers and doctors and nurses as they take care of them. We just ask that you give them back their health, if it be your will. Heavenly Father, we also pray for those who've chosen not to be here this morning, and we ask that you help us to have the courage to reach out, to encourage those individuals, and to let them know that we want them here and that they need to be here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Stroudsville. We thank you for the work that's being done, and we just ask that you continue to help us to strive to share your word, to teach our children your word, uh, to teach each other, and that we continue to uplift one another. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for 
our spiritual leaders and our elders, and we just ask that you continue to bless them and their families. We ask that you help them to continue to uh, pull those astray in and that you help us to, to help them to do the same. Heavenly Father, we know that there are several here today who have lost loved ones recently, and we just ask that you continue to comfort them, that you help us to comfort them and help them during this time of grief. And we know this is a difficult time, and, and uh, encouragement is needed, so we ask that you help us to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our teachers. We thank you for the time and effort that they put in to teach our children, to teach our adults, and teach our classes. We just ask that you continue to bless them and give them the energy and the knowledge to continue to teach their classes and, and to uplift our youth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Brother Tom and Meg and the work that they do, and we just ask that you be with Tom this morning as he brings our message, and we ask that you open our hearts and minds to uh, what he has to say, but most of all to take that and apply it to our lives, but to share it with those around us. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for this time, and we just Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and the sacrifice that he made. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Next song this morning will be number 432. 432. And following this next one, we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together. Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain, in the cross, in the soul shall find rest beyond the river near the cross a trembling soul love and mercy found me there the bright and morning star Sheds its beams around me in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadow o'er me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. 
till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the So most of you know that uh, about, about, about the past two years, Becky Lee and I have been all working on an old farmhouse. Um, yesterday, we're getting, to, we're getting down to the end of it, running trim, trying to get Leah's room done, and I've been using wood from all over the house, uh, old, barn, you know, old barn wood, pallet wood, wherever I can get it from to get this thing done and uh (laughs) so all week long i've been trying to think about what i'm going to say when i get up here we don't really have to say anything we can just pray but i like to try to focus us on on the, the situation at hand i guess you'd say and man i've got nothing all week long usually five six squirrels running through my head at any point in time and they're all sitting down being quiet, and I've got nothing. And this is about 5 o'clock yesterday evening. All I can do is keep working. So I'm kind of messing around with these old boards and uh, just got thinking about what I was doing. And I was taking all these different kinds of boards, oak, poplar, pine, pallet wood from could be from overseas, could be from anywhere. No, I don't know. But uh, I was cutting it up and sanding it and then and whitewashing it. And I was thinking about how all the boards were different, different grains, different, you know, hardnesses and all the, all the knots and all the different things about it. But that was until they were, they were cut and whitewashed. Once they got washed, they, they, that wood, that board, changed its, its purpose. It, it changed its name. And then in that second, those old dirty boards that were just dirty, rough old boards changed. They all became one thing. They were not pine. They were not poplar. They were not oak. They were trim. They had a new name have a new purpose we as humans are all different we're all some have beards some redheads some blondes some brunettes asian black white well luke and jake and saranella not so much not not so much different um but (laughs) nevertheless when jesus was nailed to that cross he gave us all the same purpose. He changed all of us, our names, all of our purpose. We're, we're no, we are all still what we are. We're still human. And we're all still redheads, brunettes, blondes, brunettes. But we have a, a, a possibility now of having a general, or not general, but a one name. He gives all the ability to be Christians. We got washed in his blood. And in that moment, he gives us a new purpose, 
and a new name and the ability to be able to, to be able to go to heaven without that washing and without that name change and without that washing and his sacrifice. We're like those dirty old boards. Yeah, we're useful. We can be made into many different things. But we don't have the title of Christian without Jesus' blood. So, all that being said, we should always look to that. That he thought enough of us that he would sacrifice himself. Wash us in his blood. And that he loved us enough that he would do that to be able to give us a an ability to go home with God. That's that's love. So let's let's pray to God and thank him for that. Father, as we come here this morning, we want to thank you for this time and this place to be able to come here and partake of this bread, which represents your son that hung on that cross, his body on that cross. And as he hung there, Father, he was separated from you. But he did it for us because you love us and Jesus loves us. And, Father, as we take of this bread, may we not forget that. And it's through his name that we pray. Amen.
Let's pray again. Father, we continue in prayer. I want to thank you for that ever-washing blood that was given that day on the cross, Father, when, when your son said it was finished. Father, that blood went both ways through time, all the way back to when Adam set his foot on this earth, and always will be until you come home, forgiving us and washing us of our sins. And it's through that blood that we have that ability to be able to come home to heaven with you that are given the chance to. We thank you so much for that. And it's through your son's name that we pray. Amen. As we conclude the Lord's Supper, we also take this uh, opportunity time to be able to take up uh, an offering. Let's pray. Father, we are, are here this morning. We want to thank you for the, the blessings that we have. The fact that we all woke up with a roof over our head, got up to eat breakfast, put clothes on our back, and see the beautiful world you have given us are all blessings from you. 
the fact that we can go out and earn a living to take care of our families and provide for them is once again, Father, just a blessing from you. Everything is yours. It's just on loan. We give it back, Father, with cheerful hearts that we pray that we'll be able to go out and win other souls to you. Father, we thank you for everything you give us on the daily daily needs. And we pray that you will stay with us on throughout our lives. And we pray for wisdom that these contributions will be used wisely and the most will be made from there from. But most of, it, most of all, Father, once again, we thank you for your son. And it's through his name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to mark our invitation song this morning, it'll be number 560, 560. Now before the lesson, let's all stand together and sing number 626, 626. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not, my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurn. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. 
Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Please be seated. Good morning. Wonderful to see all of you on this beautiful, I think it's fall. It felt like spring this morning and the birds were singing so my body's confused. I'm like, is it fall or is it spring? But I'm afraid the cold weather is coming, but we're thankful for this time of year. Speaking of fall, uh, this next coming, not this Sunday night, but next Sunday night, we're going to have our trunk or treat. So boys and girls and moms and dads, we want you to bring the neighborhood kids with you. We're going to have some treats for the kids, a meal. We're actually going to have a youth-oriented theme uh, service, which I'm kind of excited about. Adam's helping plan that to kind of connect with our young people. So we're looking at kind of maybe an outreach activity to reach community and bring them into Stroudsville and love them into the church. So think about that. Keep it in prayer uh, and, and come support our, our little get-together, trunk-or-treat, fall festival, worship service. And so thanks again to Adam. By the way, our young men who would normally do services on the last Sunday night, we're going to push that to the next week. So the first Sunday night in November will be our young men's service, which I'm also excited about. One of our young men came up with a theme of fearing God. What does that mean to fear God? Should we fear God? Um, and what are the benefits of fearing God? So our young men will bring us a theme on that lesson So I'll be talking to the young men. We have some new young men that are going to step up and and be be speakers for us. So I'm excited about that to see these young men grow and develop. So pray for them. Uh, Clint, thank you for your communion thought. I could relate to your message where you're kind of blanking out and wondering what you're going to talk about. I had the same feeling sometimes when I get up and preach. I'm like, but anyway, it came to you and you, you shared a message. And I did glean a truth from that, that God could use a knothead like me in his service. So, but thank you. That was a, a good analogy and so true that he were washed in the blood and all used in his service. Praise God. Amen. So with that in mind, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about a wonderful God, just so incredible that we're going to praise him and worship him. If you're visiting with us today, please keep coming back because I've got several lessons on God's great nature. Now, when I say God's great nature, you're looking at the trees, and it is a beautiful time of year to see His handiwork and His nature, but I'm talking about His attributes, His qualities, who God is, and what makes Him so awesome. What a privilege it is that we can be in a country where we can come and worship Him without threat of harm, intimidation, or be arrested, or carry a Bible. I don't know if you've thought about this church, but in some countries, that's not the case. Uh, I think about a brother in Christ, Joe Shulam, in Jerusalem, and his house church where he met and worshiped was firebombed a few years ago, you know, and and so I don't, we just don't worry about that here, and so I'm thankful that we have uh, those religious freedoms in Christ. God is a wonderful God. In Exodus 15, 
verse 11, called the Song of Moses. This is right after the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. You remember the Egyptian army was destroyed. They said God's power. Uh, God intervened for his people. And so the song was written, the Song of Moses. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Now, when it says gods, that means the little gods, the pagan gods, the ones that invented by men. When we compare the almighty and true creator God to these little man-made gods, who is like you? There, there is no comparison. It's not even fair to compare our God, the living God, to a man-made God. It wouldn't do him justice. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? When we go back and look at the God of the Old Testament, how amazing he is in providing for his people. We looked last week, just briefly uh, reviewing at some characteristics of God, some attributes. And so these are what make up God. Think of it as who is God and how would you describe him? Here's a list of 15 things that we're going to try to compress in just a few weeks to talk about God's nature. Today, we're going to talk about that he has always been. Now, I don't know about you, but when I say he's always been, he will always be, I just, my brain just goes, boop, fuse blown. (laughs) How, How could that even be? How could God have always been? But that's what we're going to dive into that today and talk about God being ever existent, okay? An attribute of God. We're going to talk about, in the next two or three weeks, him being a spiritual being, that he's sovereign. What does that mean? He's holy. Then we're going to talk about, in one lesson, the three omnis, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He's immutable. What does that mean, and why is it important that he's immutable? God is all truth. He's wise. Continuing in our list, uh, as we can't count down 15, God is a good God. God is full of grace. And tonight, if you want to come back, we're going to continue our lesson series on rethinking grace so we can better understand something that honestly a lot of us struggle with in our Christian walk is comprehending and appreciating God's grace. It's amazing, trust me. God is a God of love, foreknowledge. God understands everything. His plan is perfect. And God knows the end before the beginning. God, finally, is a God of righteousness, a God who loves us and is merciful, but also He's a God of wrath. We're going to talk briefly about that nature of God and how it's okay for God to be a God of righteousness and a God of wrath. When does God show His wrath, and when is it appropriate, and do we have to fear that wrath? And so, uh, these are all attributes or characteristics. One time, a little boy came up to his dad and said, Daddy, I, I was learning about God in Bible class. I do have a question. Sure, son. How old is God? Well, so what would you say? How old is God? That's a very normal question for us to ask, right? Why? Because we are time bound. Meg was saying, you know, your sermons are time bound. And I said, yeah, wouldn't it be fun to get up and say, today time doesn't matter. Don't look at your watches. I'll preach as long as I need to. It may be two or three hours. You'd like... I don't think so. You're more time-bound than you realize, right? Most of my sermons last about 20 to 25 minutes. 
every Sunday, week after week. If I were to go about 10 minutes past that, you'd start noticing. I'd notice you going, <clears throat> one, one Sunday night, I have to tell this quick story, when Nathan was little, he was about how old, seven or eight years old. But the preacher on Sunday night was being a little long-winded when we lived in Washington State. Well, after services, the preacher came up and he said, did you see your son? I'm like, oh no, what did he do? He said, while I was preaching, there was a clock on the back of the auditorium, just like here at Stroudsville. I don't know why y'all do that for preachers or something. I don't know, but anyway, um, there was a clock on the church building wall in the back of the auditorium, and the preacher kept going. So Nathan, he held his hand up, and he went like this. (laughs) He'd look back at the clock. I said, I'm so sorry. He said, no, it was great. He said, I loved it. I loved it from the the mind of a child, right? So time, how old is God? We humans have always been bound by time, and so we think time. Uh, we, we, We want to know when am I supposed to come? When do I get to go? How long do I have to commit? Uh, time. Time is so important. It's a concept we understand when we're little. When we were little, we thought Christmas would never get here, right? It took forever. But now as an adult, I'm like, it can't be Christmas again. Please tell me it's not. No, we just had it, you know. And so as we get older and we accumulate more years, they go by faster and faster and faster, don't they? Just like telephone poles on the side of the road. Time. So, who invented time? The answer is God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Why is that important? God created us to be bound by time. There's a beginning, there's an end. All of us cease to breathe. We're born into the world, and so we are time-bound. But yet God, in His infinite wisdom, when He made us, He describes Himself to us. And one thing that's interesting is He is not time-bound like we are. And I know this is hard to understand. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, the Spirit who's speaking to John Bless his heart. I feel for John, the revelator. Could you imagine a man who's exiled on an island and he has these visions like nothing he has ever seen? And he's supposed to write all these down. He's like, can you imagine him scratching his head going, okay, all right, you know. And so we're still reading Revelation and trying to understand it and study it ourselves. But it's a message from God. Here he describes himself in chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and Omega. Y'all know what that means, right? I am the beginning, and I am the end. He's not saying that I have a beginning, and I have an end. He says, I am. I am the beginning. I am the end. Who is, who was, and who is to come? The Almighty. It's like, wow, that's awesome. Listen how God described himself, who is. He's presently now. He was the God of prior ages, 
And he will continue to be the God for all time in the future. Well, when was the beginning? For us, there's a beginning, but for God, there was no beginning. Hard concept. You remember Moses, when he, when he fled from Egypt after he had killed the Egyptian taskmaster, right? He, and he buried the body, and he, he ran, he fled, and he said, I'm just going to live a quiet, peaceful life and be... I'll be a shepherd. How's that? I'll get married, have a family, and be a shepherd. Ah, And then the burning bush. The burning bush. What's this, he says? This is odd. There's a thorn bush that's burning, and it's not consumed. And then we know that God spoke to Moses. Moses, take off your sandals, for you're on holy ground. And then God announces to Moses, a very reluctant servant, I might add, who felt a lack of confidence in his ability to go back to Egypt. Moses, you're the one. I want you to go. I want you to represent me and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. It's God's desire. It's time for them to leave. Who shall I say, send me? What will I tell them? I love God's answer. Just tell them I am. Did you ever think about that name, I am? That's a strange name. But it means, I am, I exist. Tell them I am. We've extracted sort of from that phrase, I am Yahweh, used in ancient Hebrew language. But I am, I have always been. I am now, I will always be. And that's God. It's comforting for me to know that in my very limited time span, on this earth, maybe 90 years or 100 years. I don't know how many years I'll live, but in my beginning and my end, God has a plan for me. God has promised me an eternity, and I will share that eternity with Him. So God wants us to understand that basically He can't be compared to anyone. We can't compare Him to anyone, and He is above all, and He encompasses all, And he's everything. He's everything that we need. And I'm humbled when I think about that God made me. He came and he sent his son for me. It's humbling, this great I am that speaks to us. And so I just wanted to make a note that if you struggle with this concept of God, it's okay. I struggle with the same concept too. And so we sang, I think, last Sunday... uh, that he's too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. So here's the dilemma. You have a a wonderful, incredible God who calls himself I am, who has always been, but yet he created us with an intent or purpose, Clint. He took all of us in our diversity, and he said, I want to make you my children, but we have to first take care of the sin problem, a universal problem that happens to all of mankind. We all sin. We all fall short. We all deserve death, right? The death penalty in God's judicial system. God says, I have a solution for all of this. I want to die for you. And I will send myself in the form of flesh, a fleshly man who is God and man at the same time. And you're like, oh, I don't even understand that. How could God be God and man at the same time? It's possible because God is involved. And that's precisely what he did. 
You see, God, who has no beginning, he created us. And we have a beginning and we are time bound. And so here's, here's a real interesting concept. This God who has always been, he has always existed, and he wants us to understand him. He wants us to comprehend him. So he says, you know what? I need to come and I need to be among men in the flesh. So people can see me. They can touch me. They can hear me. And in this wonderful plan of God, he said, in the same time, I want to offer up myself as a sacrifice for their sins. In my judicial system, I required the death penalty. I'll pay it. That's incredible love. If you just understand God's plan of redemption, you're like, what? An all-powerful God who has always existed, who made us, knowing that we were going to mess up and sin, came and died for us? He gave his own blood? Yes. He humbled himself. He had a body with a heart that pumped blood, that felt pain and hunger. And when people ridiculed him or made fun of him, it hurt. And he wept human tears. He visited us in the flesh. And so I ask you for just a moment to think about God. God in the flesh who was born of woman, but he's always existed. This is where it really gets interesting. A God who has always been, who's not time bound, who never had a beginning, all of a sudden has a beginning when he's born of woman? Yes, that portion of God we call Jesus, God in the flesh. He had a beginning. He visited us in the flesh, but yet he has always existed. He has always been, but he began when he was born. What? That doesn't make sense. You see, that's what I love about God. He's too wonderful to comprehend. But yet a God who has always been said, I want to send a part of myself called the Son, Jesus Christ. I want him to be born of woman, to have the full immersive experience of flesh. Why does he do this? Because he loves us and he humbled himself. And we could see him and relate to him. That's an incredible love story. He has always been, but he began when he was born. He will never cease to be, but yet he died on the cross. So what am I getting at? I'm getting at the fact that Jesus Christ, who is in fact God, and I know you all believe that today, you wouldn't be here if you did not believe it. You wouldn't participate in the Lord's Supper to celebrate the body and the blood of Christ if you didn't believe that Jesus Christ was not God in the flesh. But He came. He came and He submitted Himself. He humbled Himself to become a man, a body of flesh. A man who was 100% man, but who was also 100% God. Brother Tom, that doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. We serve a mighty God. Amen. A God that we cannot comprehend, but yet we can say with great confidence, this God loves me so. Amen, church? Whew, that's exciting. We should get so excited about a God who loves us, who died for us, a God that sent himself in the body of the flesh and experienced everything we experience with the exception of sin.
Hebrews says that Jesus Christ was a faithful high priest and he could sympathize with us in every way. He was tempted in every way, but he never sinned. Turn, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter 8. I'll open my Bible up and do the same. John chapter 8. We're going to look down toward the end of the chapter. Now, so often, as Jesus is teaching... The Jews, the religious experts, those around Jerusalem, really came to hate Jesus. They didn't like what he had to say because he claimed to be from the Father. As a matter of fact, he claimed to be divine. Oh, it's blasphemy, they said. We need to kill this man and condemn him. Look at verse 52. See if you see uh, the Jews' love. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets, yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. They're thinking in their minds, who are you, God? You think you're God? Well, as a matter of fact, I am. I've been sent from God, and I'm here to tell you about the Father. They didn't like that. Are you greater, verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. Drop down to verse 57. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? They're really hating Jesus at this point. That he he would have the nerve to bring up Father Abraham, the hero patriarch of the Jews. What do you know about Abraham? What gives you the right to discuss our patriarch, Abraham? Listen to 58. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Whoa. Before Abraham was. Before Abraham was even born. Before Abraham even existed on this earth. I am. You see, brothers and sisters, today, Jesus is claiming not only to be telling mankind about the Father in heaven, but he says, I stand before you as a man, but I also, I'm God. I am the same I am that spoke to Moses in the burning bush. But you see, Jesus didn't make outrageous claims to be God, he backed them up, right? He was able to demonstrate that he could conquer death when he rose from the tomb, just as he said he would. And he promised resurrection to all of his faithful children as well. Before Abraham was, I am. You see, God made mankind in his own image. God makes us immortal. And so as we close today, we're almost out of time, but please think about this. I'm asking you, if you didn't listen to anything I've said, listen to me now for the next two minutes. This is important. I want you to think about being bound by time. You were born into this world and the clock started ticking. 
right? When does it stop? Now, your first thought was, well, when we die, right? Does it? You're right, Brian. Brian said, "Mm mm-mm. That clock does not stop ticking when we die. Why? Because God created each and every human being. 100% of you today have a soul. That soul will continue living forever. You see, God made us in His own image. And so today, I want you to give thought to that part of you which never dies, that part of you called a soul. Turn to Matthew 25, and we'll end our lesson today. But I want to challenge you and ask you to think about this this parable in Matthew 25. Parable of the sheep and the goats. Down in round verse 41, actually in 31, we see the final judgment, uh, a parable where he talks about the sheep and the goats and those who pleased the Lord, those who displeased God. He gives a list of things that the sheep and the goats did or didn't do. Verse 35, I was hungry, you gave me food, I was thirsty, you gave me drink. A stranger, you welcomed me. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. Prison, you came to me. Now the righteous had rendered these acts uh, unconsciously and had served Jesus because they had done them to their fellow man. But what I find interesting is down in verse 41, those who are condemned, right, in this parable, those who are condemned are the ones who didn't serve out of love or compassion. He says in verse 41, then he will say, this is the final judgment day, to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Eternal fire? What does that mean? That means that even the wicked who die and stand before the Lord in judgment will live how long? Forever. And in this case, those who didn't offer uh, acts of kindness and compassion and mercy while on earth, the sheep, if you will, or the goats rather, the goats who are disobedient, will be ushered into a place of torment forever. The same thing is true, conversely, for those who die in Christ. If we are pleasing to God and we've obeyed the gospel, we're washed in the blood of Jesus, and we continue to be faithful and obedient to God's word, and we render those acts of kindness, and we love our neighbor, we honor God through our life, then we will be welcomed into heaven forever. Emphasis on the word forever. You see, brothers and sisters, simply, this is the message. An incredible God who is never bound by time, who has no beginning, no end, created us, who were time-bound. But yet, when we die, there's a part of us that was made in God's image that will live forever. My question to you today, how do you feel about your eternity? How do you feel about spending eternity on the other side of the grave? Are you prepared Are you ready? And do you know with 100% confidence that you will be with the Lord? If the answer is, I'm not sure, I don't know, if that bothers you and you want to talk about it, we invite you to come. We're going to sing an invitation song. Jesse's going to lead us. Let us know. Let the elders meet with you. Let me meet with you. We'll be happy to pray with you to make sure you are prepared for that eternity. Let's stand and sing together, Jesse.
nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to Resolved to enter the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me, foes may beset me, still will I enter in. I will hasten to him. greatest, highest, I will come to Thee. Our final song this morning will be number 539. Number 539. Following this song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me that he smiles on his children there, and his smile drives their sorrows away. And they tell me that no tears ever come again. In that lovely land of unclouded day, oh, the land of cloudless day, oh, the land of an unclouded sky, oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise, oh, Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you today thanking you for this opportunity to come to worship you, to learn more about your word. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness, your mighty power. We thank you, Lord, that you, the one who forms the mountains and the oceans and the trees, loves us. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.